0: Hello and welcome back to the PLMR podcast. My name is Neve and I'm an account manager here at PLMR and today I'm delighted to be joined by two of our fantastic digital colleagues to talk to you about social media campaigns, when they work, when they go wrong, and how to get them right. So if I can start by asking you two to both introduce yourselves.
1: Hello, I'm Alex Hackett and I'm head of digital here at PLMR.
0: Hello, I'm Abby Tomlinson and I'm a senior digital executive. So, Abby, you have some experience in the world of social media and starting a great organic social media campaign. Would you like to tell us a bit about that to start with?
2: Um, Yeah, so that sort of happened by accident, actually, as I think a lot of organic social media campaigns can happen. I was just sort of reading a lot of things about Ed Miliband, watched a couple of YouTube videos. thought it would be funny to start this hashtag with a few other people I knew. Uh, And then the next day, my phone was blowing up with calls from The Guardian, so...
0: And what was the hashtag for listeners who might not remember or know?
2: (laughs) It was hashtag Millifandom, so it's sort of a play in the word Millifandom and the word fandom, which is sort of what a lot of people I knew on Twitter were involved in at the time.
0: So you said that often social media campaigns that really work happen maybe a bit organically or perhaps even by accident. Do you think this is always the case when it comes to social media in order to to be really authentic? Is too much planning ever going to allow that to happen?
1: I definitely think it's harder for... I mean, Ari would be able to tell tell me more more, uh, more, more confidently than I, I can, but I think it's harder for those sorts of... Organic grassroots campaigns like that to to spring up now. I think we're a little bit wiser to them. Uh, I think it's just a much more crowded platform than it, than it was before, and I think brands are much more aware of the platform and ways in which they can game the platform. So I wonder, I wonder, Abby, do you think you could do? Do you think if you had become a a, a Corbyn fandom now <laughs> or a or a Boris fandom now, do you think you do you think you could have started it again in twenty nineteen twenty twenty?
2: Um, I don't think so actually. I can't actually think of an example because when I did it I got accused of uh, being part of the Labour Party and working for them and setting it up like so so many times by journalists and Mm. things like that who just thought I was working for them and I think with the Corbyn thing as well the way that happened on social media when he won the leadership campaign that was mainly his team that were doing it and they sort of just spread it to the grassroots as opposed to the grassroots starting it up. Um, and I just think politicians now are a little bit more social media savvy so they'll kind of do things themselves like Corbyn's social media during the 2019 election he was doing the memes himself so no one else really had to
0: oh wow
1: yeah it feels it feels like a much more professional operation when something goes viral especially politically on social media now I'm trying to think from the last election things like uh, uh Dr. Rosianna's uh, uh what was it called the the signs oh, The me. Love actually Love Love yeah. actually. that was it uh, which
0: got kind of co-opted as very, well very famously. much
1: co-opted yeah it was a, it was a novel idea twice amazing um, <laughs> uh that that was very um uh, that was a very slick production, I thought. I thought it was, you know, it was clearly planned. It hadn't come out of absolutely nothing. Um, in the same way that something like the millifandom must have really knocked the Labour Party. I mean, it wasn't part of the grid. The millifandom. Uh, so I think I think people are just mu- much more aware of how to use those tools and how to use them effectively than they were before.
0: Yeah, would you agree with that, Abby?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I, I was reading something about the the US campaign that's going on at the moment. And the campaign manager for Elizabeth Warren said they're spending basically all their money on digital campaigns as opposed to broadcast campaigns. Wow. So they've basically completely changed the way they've done that. And I think her Facebook ad that she did that was really successful was the one that was like breaking news Mark Zuckerberg uh, just endorsed, and Facebook just endorsed Donald Trump. And it was obviously because Facebook had refused to block his false ads. So she then put a false hat up deliberately, um, and it got loads of hits basically. So I think just that sort of. More organised campaigning by um, the people who work for the campaign themselves is going to become more of a thing.
0: And do you think this is the same? We've talked quite a bit about um, political campaigns in terms of brands. Do you think the components for success are the same, or do you think it's a different game there?
1: I do, I do think it's. I think it's just harder and harder to be to be novel. And I think we're much more wi- we're, we're much wiser to whether or not this is a planned sponsored campaign. And I think yeah. it definitely takes a lot of the energy out of a campaign if people can immediately spot okay it has to be such a good idea or such a a, a clever setup for you to overcome your cynicism yeah. about this being a sponsored brand campaign so i think it, i think it's i think it's harder but certainly not not you know impossible i think there's a lot of of space now for things to happen more locally within communities things can go viral within groups of people you know i think a lot about the stuff that went viral on the corbyn campaign didn't go sort of wider to you know the the general electorate it went very much within labor party factions within labor party groups so you know i think for for a, a brand campaign for a corporate campaign i think there's definitely things that can go viral within people who are uh associated with that brand or really care about that real hard cause of that brand and then people more tangentially connected to it or people even in you know totally different groups you can find ways in which you can pivot that towards them. So I think I think it's harder to go mass viral but it's probably easier to go viral within groups of people.
2: Yeah. Yeah and I think uh, brands are kind of throw things at the wall and see what sticks a bit of the time. Like there was this um, trader manufacturer in China who they did an Instagram ad and they like put a stray hair on the screen as like a picture to get people to swipe up so they would click on the link. Um, so people would think there was a hair on the screen, do that, oh, and it wow. would go. It would go to the website. Oh, very clever. And Instagram took it down because it breached their rules. <laughs> <laughs> so sneaky. Anything that
1: gains the system. Yeah. Like yeah. I remember seeing so many ads in the Facebook timeline that would look like you know, a normal post and then that post would explode or something would happen to that post and they're just gaming the look and feel of that platform's design to try and get a message out. And you see mm. less and less of that on Facebook now because everyone's familiar with that sort of thing. But I think if you can be innovative like that, the sky's the, the, sky's the limit. Really.
0: So do you think that it's, um, in order You know, to have a really successful campaign, do you think, you know, if you remember back to um, Gillette with The the Best a Man Can Be, that kind of got a lot of backlash. Mm. So for in certain circles, that was a really great, powerful campaign. And then for some of the people who actually would buy the product, there was a lot of kick-off about, you know, mm. people don't want to feel attacked by the brand that they buy their razors from. <laughs> and also, um, there was kind of a lot of criticism that, well, it's all well and good for Gillette to do that. However, they make a lot of money, um, you know, from kind of telling women how to have they should shave their whole bodies basically in a lot of their adverts so yeah. do you think that in order do you think that that can really still be considered a successful campaign with the level of backlash or do you think that brands maybe companies politicians as well should kind of expect that if they want a really big successful social media campaign
2: um i think definitely because they managed to create like a really long conversation about it. Like people were still talking about it a week afterwards because People initially responded saying, this is great. Then it got to the people who hated it. And then the people who thought it was great then responded to the people who hated it. It just ended up being a whole argument. So I think that was actually quite successful. And I think another one that I saw was the innocent one where they did the blue juice. But it Mm. wasn't blue, it was green. But they said it was blue and it did really well on social media because everyone was arguing that it was green. And then they got the guy from blue to actually do an advert for them.
0: It's kind of like the Emperor's New Clothes.
2: Yay!
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I think... I think it's interesting when when brands are, are, are sort of pivoting to do viral viral stuff around a real social issue that's actually being discussed. I think it's incredibly brave, really, because almost nobody. I mean, how many people really thought that something like you know a brand like Gillette would have something meaningful to say <laughs> about 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 gender and identity and in sort of and masculinity and all sorts of different issues like that? I think it's I think it's much I think it's much harder for a brand like that. To, to enter that conversation, I think, you know, especially when, when it's done well, it's, 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 it's so much more impressive because of it. So may, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll see more of that sort of thing, but uh, I think it's a yeah, difficult game to play.
0: Absolutely. Um, so let's turn then to maybe what some of the pitfalls might be for a really great social media campaign. Can you think of any examples or anything that you've seen a brand or a politician, it's a real swing and a miss on social media?
1: Oh, tricky.
2: I think when they try and be too down with the kids and they, yeah. like, they, like, do, like, a meme or something, and it'll be, like, a bank. Like, there was a bank that did, like, a meme uh, about, you know, people not having any money, and it turned out they were the one of the banks that was bailed out in the financial crash. So they had all... Like, Elizabeth Warren yeah. had a viral tweet quoting them, basically being, like making fun of the way that they were sort of mocking people of not having any money mm. it just really didn't go well they yeah I think there's apologize. nothing worse than
1: hypocrisy on, on social media because it will immediately be caught out but I think somehow even worse than that is cringe I think yeah. <laughs> it is And then if it's cringy or painful I think you've got to think you know what is your voice as a brand and does that really sit with say, a viral video of you as a chicken, or something like that, does that, <laughs> does that really work for your global corporate enterprise? Um, I think it has to be, I think you have to, if if you're going to go down a sort of cheeky route, I think yeah. you have to sort of lay the foundation for that on social media beforehand, before you can suddenly decide, you know, you're, you're down with them kids.
0: Yeah, um, so perhaps as well, I think something that often comes up when brands especially really get it wrong is perhaps, you know when when something actually comes out whether it's on social media tv billboards etc um you know who actually was in the room and let that happen yeah um i can think of the dove transformation ads that got yeah. a lot of backlash um and people questioning really like what are the what are the teams who are behind this and the executives who sign it off is it like a diversity issue and um, do you think that that can often create maybe the um, lack of authenticity or the problems that we see. Do you think it really is about who's putting these campaigns together? Is that part of the problem?
1: I think, I think, um, I think, unless you are really embedded in the conversations that are occurring in social media, you can completely miss the mark because it's it's changing so rapidly and so quickly. And if you're not attuned to the conversations happening in you know wider social media communities, you can really come unstuck very very quickly. I mean, something like. Uh, the, the Dove ad I, I feel like if you would have shown that to almost anyone <laughs> um, they would have they would have immediately gone oh no, what a catastrophe Um <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I, I I can think of a few uh, that that was you know probably slightly more subtle and people didn't realise the sort of awkwardness of the connotations that mm-hmm. they were they were putting forward. So um, yeah, I think I think it's always good. I suppose just ask a millennial. I guess is probably the <laughs> easiest way yeah. before you put anything online. Um,
2: um yeah. I think they and also when they try and get involved in like social media memes that are already happening in like a really terrible way like there was the US Air Force one when the whole Yanni Laurel thing was like how did it say and they did a tweet and it was like the Taliban don't hear Yanni or Laurel they just hear the sound of our bombs like they literally tweeted that out to everyone (laughs) Yikes! and then then they had to be like "Uh, we have we have deleted the tweet because we realised that it was completely inappropriate. Inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. they just wow. kept trying to get too involved in it.
1: Yeah, you you can you can understand, you know, you can understand the aim, and you can see where it's going wrong. Almost people see a moment in which they can inject themselves into a conversation and you know if, if you think of social media genuinely as a conversation you've got to think where is it appropriate for me to add value you know, yeah. if you are an enormous corporate enterprise and something fun and small is happening you wouldn't just burst into that room and say hey guys you know <laughs> buy by my razor it would be, <laughs> be really weird you've got to have something funny to to add
2: and I think just getting people to like double check things. Yeah. Um, like the New York Times did an article, and the guy who was writing it didn't realise that he had a browser add-on that changed millennials to snake people <laughs> in the article. <laughs> Fantastic. So it <so>, so <laughs> just referred to millennials as snake people throughout the article, oh, no. and people were like, "What? This doesn't make any sense." And then it was because he had a browser, add- browser add-on that did it, and no one checked it
0: before it went out. So clearly, a lot of pitfalls that you know intentional or not, people can get find themselves trapped in um, yeah. with online content sharing um, so what would you say kind of as digital experts, what are maybe some key takeaways or top tips for um, whether it could be a local counselor wanting to start a really exciting social media campaign or right through to someone who's working in a digital team, at a bigger company, what do you think would be your best advice
1: I suppose i would I would immediately before entering into any sort of social media campaign I'd think what are the sort of stereotypes people may have of me of my enterprise, of my organisation and try and factor that in to the campaign before it even begins that way you're covered, you're thinking about where it could go wrong right from the start, uh, and also you know I think that's quite a good breeding ground for you to create some creativity from that. I think if people have an idea of you and you subvert that expectation, there's sort of nothing that that goes that goes better than that on mm-hmm. social media. I, I you know I I I, I love examples where. Uh, you know, a brand or an organisation, an individual has, has done something on social media. You know, I think of someone like Monica Lewinsky, for example, people have all these expectations thoughts about her from, from, from over the, you know, over the last few decades. Um, But she's managed to create an entire social media identity for herself, you know, playing on that experience, playing on her history. And I think, you know, it has, it has sort of reinvented her as a, as a, as a social media icon in a way. Like she's really managed to grasp the nettle of, yeah. Of, of people's expectations and thoughts about her, and you know she's clever and witty with it, and I think that's all it really takes is to have a full and rich understanding of who you are and what your organisation is, and have a bit of a voice and have have something behind that. I think that's. I think that's together.
0: very good advice, Abby.
2: What would you say? Um, well, I always kind of go back to the example of Kesia Cortez in America because when she, whenever she's attached, you kind of does like a 180-degree spin, she doesn't like respond to it angrily. Like when she was attacked for the video of her dancing, she posted a video of her dancing in her office in response instead of being like, I'm really angry about this, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just responding to things in that way and kind of trying to turn them around if you've been attacked for something that's particularly ridiculous is kind of a good way to do it. We saw it with Ed Miliband when there was the headline, Ed Miliband's dad killed my kitten, and then he sort of did a ridiculous reading out <laughs> of the article. Good, yeah. um, so I think that can help sometimes.
0: Okay, fab. Well, thank you both so much for your time. It's been great hearing from two experts on what we can try and um, do well and really avoid in terms of our social media postings and content. And thank you again. It's been lovely to talk to you both.
1: Thank you very much. Thank
0: you.